My dear Wormwood, everything is clearly going well. I'm especially glad to hear that the two new friends have now made him acquainted with their whole crowd. All these, as I find from the record office, are thoroughly reliable people. Steady, consistent scoffers and worldlings who, without any spectacular crimes, are progressing quietly and comfortably towards our father's house. You speak of there being great laughers. I trust this does not mean that you are under the impression that laughter as such is always in our favor. The point is worth some attention. <clears throat> I divide the causes of human laughter into joy, fun, the joke proper, and flippancy. You will see joy among friends and lovers reunited on the eve of a holiday. Among adults, some pretext in the way of jokes is usually provided, but the facility with which the smallest witticisms produce laughter at such a time shows that they are not the real cause. What that real cause is, uh, we do not know. Something like it is expressed in much of that detestable art which the humans call music. And something like it occurs in heaven, a meaningless acceleration in the rhythm of celestial experience, quite opaque to us. Laughter of this kind does us no good and should always be discouraged. Besides, the phenomenon is of itself disgusting and a direct insult to the realism, dignity and austerity of hell. Fun is closely related to joy, a sort of uh, emotional froth arising from the play instinct. It is very little use to us. It can sometimes be used, of course, to divert humans from something else which the enemy would like them to be feeling or doing, but in itself it has wholly undesirable tendencies. It promotes charity, courage, contentment, and many other evils. The joke proper, which turns on the sudden perception of incongruity, is a much more promising field. I, I'm not thinking primarily of indecent or bawdy humor, which, though much relied upon by second-rate tempters, is often disappointing in its results. I shall never forget the hours which I wasted. Hours, to me, of unbearable tedium with one of my early patients in bars and smoking rooms before I learned that there are some humans to whom an indecent story ceases to produce lasciviousness precisely at the moment it becomes funny, while there are others in whom laughter and lust are excited at the same moment by the same thing. The first sort joke about sex because it gives rise to many incongruities, the second cultivate incongruities because they afford a pretext for talking about sex. Find out which type your patient is and see that he does not find out. Flippancy, I believe, is the best of all. In the first place, it is very economical. Only a clever human can make a real joke about virtue or indeed about anything else. But a flippant human is able to talk as if virtue were funny without actually making a joke. You see, among flippant people, the joke is always assumed to have been made. <laughs> no one actually makes it. But every serious subject is discussed in a manner which implies that they have already found a ridiculous side to it. If prolonged, the habit of flippancy builds up around a man the finest armor-plating against the enemy that I know. And it is quite free from the dangers inherent in the other sources of laughter. 
It is a thousand miles away from joy. It deadens instead of sharpening the intellect, and it makes no affection between those who practice it. Your affectionate uncle, Screwtape.